Welcome to American Musical Podcast, live from the lovely lounge here in Oakland, New Jersey, on a cloudy Friday afternoon. We're going to discuss NAM 2020, the good stuff only. People who want to complain about it can go ahead and do that on a different forum, but uh, we had a great show. I'm looking forward to talking about some good stuff. I got my man Keith McGee here with me, guitar buyer extraordinaire. Uh, Would you like to start, Keith, or shall I? I can... I've got so much enthusiasm, I'm bubbling over here. <laughs> Please bubble away. So right off the bat, I'm going to start with uh, something Ryan reminded me of when we took some notes earlier. Uh, Victory Amplification from the UK, they've got a, they had a lot of great amps there, and I, I got to talk to their designer, which filled in my geek need for the day to be able to talk amps uh, with him, Martin, his name is. But uh, they got an amp called the Copper, and it's a... I guess it's like a 35, 40 watt amp that has a very cool kind of, it is that other, it is an AC 30 for people who don't like AC 30s. It's such a great sounding amp. Yeah. It's a, it, well, there you have it. Yeah. There they are. All of them. So, uh, that was the, that I got to really check that out. And the thing was, it was deep. It's, like, I need another amp like I need a hole in the head, but I may need one of those. And it's funny. Our buddy Andy Fuchs has said he's even looked inside these amps and wanted to hate them. And he's like, God, these look great. Yeah. They re- inside and out, they're really... You wonder where they're cutting corners because they're light. They're not that expensive for what you're getting. And the construction is... Fabulous. Really great. I want one. So what did, what did this amp do that nothing... You know what? It's, it's hard to explain. Anybody that's ever played a really nice AC30 uh, knows that there's a kind of a high-fidelity content to the way those things sound especially one with the like the with the vox blue speaker in it uh the copper's got a the celestian gold in it if i'm not mistaken it does which yeah. is a very similar to the blue just has a better power handling capability so you can put it in bigger amps it's a, a 212 so i think they have mismatched uh celestians in there well, which is really yeah. cool i yeah. love that now it's definitely cool and so you've got uh the, the mismatched speakers and it's the high fidelity thing. It's 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 not like playing through a PA, which would be hideous for a guitar player. But but it's like it's like all the qualities and nuances you want to hear in your guitar sound. This amp is reproducing. It's also for it's for people that can play because if you can't Good play, point. it's, it's going to show that. Too. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's how I found figured it out. I've found over the years when I was younger, I was playing with lots of distortion. I was playing Ibanez's and Charvels guitars that were easy to play. And as I've gotten older and arguably a lot less good. I've, I've gravitated <laughs> towards tellies and AC30s, and it's like, man, this is a very unforgiving They're setup. pretty exposed. But it's so rewarding when you get a great sound out of an amp like that. It, it is the perfect amp, in my estimation, of that, that line between clean and dirty. When you have a really great AC30, you crank it, it sounds like Brian May, in my mind, and then you back off the volume on your guitar, and it's like clear and crisp and spanky. It's it, to me, it's everything you'd want. But that's why we started with that amp. I, I mean, no, it's a great, it's a great amp. Yeah. I mean, it's get one. Agreed. Get def, just get one on twelve pay. On twelve pay, exactly. Just get one. In fact, I got an order for more coming. Yes. No, they're super cool, and it's you know it's it's hard enough to break into that field. The, the field of new amplification is impossible. There's so many great offerings out there, and this this brand seemed to come out of nowhere, or the UK, and really nailed it. Absolutely, big I, fan. Absolutely. Well, go ahead. You pick something else. Well, if I were going to plug into the copper, I would check out one of the new Ernie Ball Music Man Saber guitars. Now, Saber is a a model name they've been been throwing around for a while, but they they've 
picked this guitar. It's a brand new offering for them. It's, dare I say, a Strat-style guitar with two humbuckers, but it seems like they've really rethought it. I love the way it's laid out. Um, the pickups sound great, clear or uh, you know, clean or distorted, which I find a lot of, especially bridge humbuckers, tend to sound really yucky, clean. That's always the litmus test for me. Any guitar yeah, that sounds Yeah, unless it's a really clean. great... Something. Something special. Yeah. And like an old SG or something yeah. like that. With the, Dudley that. Gimple over at, at Music Man is a genius. He's a pickup genius, and the guy knows what he's doing. I mean, you hear some of those old EVH pickups, and it's like, that's what a humbucker should sound like. And that's what this guitar sounds like. And even if you were to buy it just based on look, these guitars, the tops on them, I mean. Oh, they're sexy. Oh, and the sexy. necks, the ro- I mean, can we talk about roasted, we could do a separate podcast about roasted maple. Yeah, it's, it's starting to get to me. I was trying mm-hmm. to, I was trying not to like it, but. Yeah, are we allowed to smoke in here? Because <laughs> right. my goodness, I might need a, I might need a cigarette after that. <laughs> Keep it down over there, will you? There are women in here? Thank you. Uh, it's a great guitar. I, again, I fell in love with the way it looked, and then when I picked it up, it, was, it just checked every box. And so it's a really nice offering from, from a company that's still hungry after about 40 years. When you think about Music Man, you, know, you think basses, you think slinky strings and stuff like that. Their guitar, they're putting out some of the nicest guitars, and I've seen, you know, Nam is ridiculous. You, when people ask you, how is Nam? You kind of glaze over because you've looked at so much stuff so over much. three days, and, and that guitar really stood out to me. I was it's, genuinely It's taken me three weeks to start to separate out stuff that really stood out. Because people are asking me, and I go, well, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I'll get back to you. Well, it's funny. In years past, and that's a good point, you know, so you would see a bunch of stuff, and maybe five or six things would rise to the occasion in your mind. You'd be like, I was immediately struck by that. This year, I, I, I thought there was just so much good gear. I thought the level was really, we're getting spoiled. You can't make any crap anymore. You're right. Nobody can get away with it. It's true. So, yeah, that guitar into, into a copper, and uh, I'm done for the year. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there is more. Um, you may want to, you know, if you, if you like to use multi-effects products, multi-effects pedals, line six has the, the newest, uh, offering from the legendary pod series. They've kind of gotten away from all the pods. Now everybody's kind of going away with the HD 500 X being kind of the last of the last of the Mohegans as far as pods go. Now they're going to have this new one called the pod go. And it is, it's sexy as most line six stuff is the stuff looks Absolutely fabulous. I'm sure they're st- stealing a ton of sounds from Helix because why wouldn't they? They're Makes just sense, prob- yeah. they're just probably not going to boast too much about it because because of the price point of the thing and twelve pay. Twelve pay is a good thing. Twelve um, pay is an awesome thing. We like that. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that Keith too because there's another brand kind of like Music Man that has really weathered the storm. You know, they were the first really. I remember. You know the first pods and, and amp farm and things like that. They 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 were around for a long time and then they kind of went away and you thought, well, they're gone. You know, and then they've come back. I mean, they're huge. Line oh, six is bigger than they've ever been. Tremendous. And I remember my first Nam show back in '97. Uh, the AX212 had just come out and they were like in the hallway next to this ice cream machine. Mm. Um, and I, but I was curious because I'd seen their ads and guitar player and guitar world and stuff. And it was just a very simple, they showed a picture of the amp and it said line six, well, line six, what does that mean? Right. So, so here they are. Um, whatever. How many do the math for me here? Is that 23 years later? Something like that. Yes. Carry the one, carry the one yeah. divide by two, but it does, you know, and we're also kind of at an, at an age where I think, and you know, admittedly you and I are of the older ilk. I mean, younger people come out now and they don't necessarily 
fall in love with the idea of, of a great guitar into a great tube amp. As great as that equation is, the modeling stuff has just gotten better and better and lighter and more convenient and easy to use. Um, and Line 6 is just, they keep pushing. They're, they're, they're killing it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a tremendous piece. And there's a lot of people that are going to want to grab one. It's kind of, it can be a solution. It could be a Swiss army knife of solutions for somebody just to always have it in your car. Even if you're a gigging guitar player, it's that's true too. It'll save your butt on a gig. Totally. Yeah, totally save good your butt. Point. Well, I'm going to go on the flip side of, of the multi effects and get back to the world of single effects stomp boxes, all the pedal geeks and nerds out there. And I'm pointing at myself as I say nerds. this. Nerds. <laughs> the Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> No, you don't have to laugh. That's a real thing. The Timmy. You having fun over there? Good. Yes. For those pedal geeks out there, everyone knows uh, Paul Cochran and the Timmy pedal and um, all its variants. And it is probably to many, if not all, the quintessential transparent overdrive. Oh, there's that word again. I had someone buy a transparent overdrive for me when I was working in retail, and he brought it back because he couldn't see through it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. A little slow there. Wake the drummer up. Come on, man. We'll, we'll edit that in post. Anyway, this is the, that pedal. I mean, it's, it's, it's the pedal that you want to leave on all the time. It's the pedal that you want to fix what you're missing from any given amp and guitar. And for years, you'd have to wait to buy one from Paul. And he got wise and said, why don't I go over to the guys at Dunlop and, and have them actually make this pedal? Uh, and I A-B'd it. They had a real Timmy there, and I couldn't believe it. I thought it was every bit as good. Um, and it's small and it's easy to use. And yes, it is the kind of pedal when you put it on, you go, okay, do not turn that off. It's just a great sounding overdrive. And I think that's probably the most mythical thing that anyone who's buying pedals is looking for. Where's that magic box? Where's that one thing? I could put it almost anywhere in my signal. I could use it with single coils, humbuckers, P90s, whatever. And it's like, that just sounds great. And so kudos for Dunlop to, you know, and MXR, I should say, to, to get that pedal. I, I can't see this being a fail. I think it's going to do really well. Um, I think you should get it. On 3Pay? It might be on 3Pay. It might be. I think it's on 4Pay this weekend. Am I dating us now? Yes, you are. Well, Jimmy Crack Corn. All right. Well, you got something else for me, Keith? I, I do. We're going to go to uh, talk about acoustic guitars here for a minute, I think. Um, Martin had a, a kind of a cool new guitar that I got a sneak look at. Back, uh, I don't know, three months ago or so, um, it's called the it's called the SC thirteen SC thirteen, and it's a uh, it's a it's a six string guitar that's designed as a kind of a performance guitar. It's got an, the body's slightly I off centered. Off I thought it was really cool looking. Yeah, it, it actually plays and sounds great acoustically, but it's really designed to be a strong uh, performance guitar, something that that's easy to play on a gig, especially if you're like an electric player mm. and you got to pick something up. It's got like great access to like higher frets and, uh, yeah, it looks a little different. And I initially, I kind of looked at it and went, well, that looks different, but I, you know what? I played it and, uh, and it played great as I would expect a Martin to play. And it sounded great acoustically as I would expect a Martin to sound. And uh, it was I, it was just cool. I think I, we've already uh, started selling a crap load of those things. So really, get your, yeah, get your order in. Well, there's a again, just speaking about the brand at large too. When you think of Martin, it's like you know, typically when they would do something different, it was usually met with, "We don't want that from you. Continue to make dreadnoughts and do not do anything else." And I think 
it's again a testament to the overall MI situation where people go, well, wait a second, you know, we're ready for Martin to do something different. They can always continue to do. Well, great. not only that, but they're also appealing to a bunch of people that listen to podcasts, Ooh. as opposed to people like my age that have a hard time figuring out how that works. Well, if that works for us, that means six more people will buy them. That's right. <laughs> well, maybe that. Well, maybe not this podcast in particular, but. The uh, just it's going to appeal to an age group that doesn't really understand the heritage of Martin guitars. I agree, and and at the end of the day, that might be their idea of what a Martin is. You know, they don't need a D forty five. Right, you I know. do, but they don't. Well, I would love one, absolutely. And now, is this a U.S. made Martin? Yeah, made yeah. right in Nazareth, PA. God, I love that place. Me too. It smells good. Yes, I want I want toothpaste that tastes like their sawdust. I think I can arrange that for you. All right. That smell like no other guy. <laughs> well, since you took the copper from me, I was going to mention that. I, have we geeked out on that enough? We'll, we'll stick with the UK then. Uh, origin effects. There you go. Super awesome stuff. Not cheap. No, but wow. But financing will help care, take care of that. It's cheap uh, that way. It sure is. Um, but yeah, the Revival Trem. If you're used to uh, or you're familiar with the Revival Drive series from Origin, which is literally like having an amp console on your board, it's worth every penny, and anybody who's bought one from us um, can attest. They're really, they're knocking it out. When people go, they look at the price tag and they go, "Whoa, you know, I have a DS1. Doesn't that do it?" No, you know, and a DS1's great. Don't don't hate on us, boss. But it, it this is a different animal, and it, it's again one of those amps or pedals that can save you on a gig should anything fail. There's so many well thought out features on these, and the, and the revival trim is essentially based on an old brown face uh, Fender trim, you know, that luscious kind of chewy, choppy tremolo sound that we all love and can't find. Power amp modulation. Power amp modulation. Didn't see that coming. That, that, that particular. And you went down an octave for that. Power amp modulation. <laughs> <laughs> I only have three good notes here. Well, I've been using a lot of uh, nerdy guitar terms. I, I, I use the word chewy, and I wasn't referring to uh, food. By the way, I'm hungry. Are we yeah. going to lunch after this? I Pretty soon. So. God. Um, but yeah, it's a great sounding pedal and it, it does that. And they also were you know, wise enough to put a bit of an overdrive circuit on it as well, because a lot of times to get the goods out of those old brown face fenders, you want to crank it. You want to hear it on at least Absolutely. four or five. I mean, you know, one of these nights, man, that's the sound. Kid Charlemagne. Oh my God. So anyway, um, it, to have that in a pedal form factor is great. It's small. It's effective. It sounds great. It's on uh, 12 pay, I believe, or at least a pay and, uh, that's a good thing. That's how I feel about it, too. I do. I love it. I, you know, when we took on the line, I was skeptical only because I thought the price point might have made it difficult for us, and people are loving it. So check out Origin. If not the Trem, check out all their pedals. I mean, compressors alone, mod on. I have a slide rig on my board, and I love it. Yeah, me too. Mm-mm-mm. Can I have it? That'd be a no. All right, well... Um, I'm going to, I'm going to deviate back towards acoustic guitars again, just because, um, I buy those too. So it's one of the things I look at all the time. Rock on. So Taylor came out with this interesting guitar that I got to look at back in December. Um, uh, it's the 816 CE builder's edition. Is that the one with an F hole? It's not an F hole exactly. Oh, tell me Keith, it, what it, kind of hole does it have? It's kind of like a porthole. But it's I'm sorry. A port hole. Natalie porthole? Yes, it might be. But it's a it's basically what it is is um it's a second sound hole. 
they've put a Florentine style cutaway on the front half of the guitar. And in that cutaway is a beautiful piece of ebony. I mean, the construction of this thing is superb. Is it true that, 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 uh, that Taylor, Bob Taylor bought all of the ebony in the rest of the world? I think he pretty much owns most of it, if not all of it. Wow. Other than anything that's on guitars in my house, he owns it. Hmm. Because I mean, he's making cutting boards now, and right. and kitchen supplies under the Stella Fallone name. So Stella Fallone, Stella Fallone, Stella is the two different women that work at his Cameroon oh. um, sawmill. So how about that? And Sylvester Stella Fallone. That's right. <laughs> it's hard I'm to try not try not to laugh at that because it's awful. <laughs> it's so stupid. Anyway, but this guitar is it's a it's a uh, 816, so it's a bigger body size a little bit. The guitar sounds fabulous. Uh, I, in fact, I got to really play one at NAMM because uh, I, I, uh, they, they have a room upstairs where you can actually hear guitars instead of down on the main floor where you can't hear yourself think. Oh, God, yeah. And, uh, and it's really a tremendous guitar. So check those out. Um, I thought it looked really cool. I, I mean, initially, the skeptic in me wanted to hate on it uh, because it's different and, it, you know, whatever else. But, you know, Bob Taylor and those guys, I mean. Um, Andy Powers. Andy Powers. That's, that's, I mean, it's a genius. Yeah. Now, I, I wanted to hate on it, too, as I do most new things. Yeah. But I, when I played it, I'm like, yeah, I, I see what he was going after here. So since you got to play it and hear it in a closed environment, did you hear more coming out of the guitar because of that extra sound? Uh, you know tone? what? I can't really tell. I would think a, a listener sitting down in front of me when I was playing would, would be able to appreciate that aspect of it more because when I heard it when I was out at Taylor in December, I was sitting sort of behind Andy and off to one side. So I could hear it kind of filling the room and everyone else seemed to be reacting to it like it was like, wow, listen to that. I could hear it very well, but it wasn't directed at me. So I couldn't say what I was hearing, but it actually it filled the room pretty nicely. So I'd say there's definitely, there's something coming out of there. That's it. That's, that's why it, high praise, folks. That's why I don't know what it is, but something's, something's coming. coming out. I think well, it's if, soft anybody's serve. Ever, if you ever heard Andy Powers play guitar, he makes me sick because he's so good. Yeah, I mean he's 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 very good. So the nicer the guitar, the better he sounds, and he's sounds great on anything. But man, when you hear him playing on something, that sounds good. Yeah, it really fills a room. Guy's a killer player. So well, screw him. We hate people like yeah, that. Yeah, we don't like that. But yeah. we like the fact that he bu- he builds and designs beautiful guitars. <laughs> I'm going to break your fingers in a minute, Greg. <laughs> Come on, Greg. Um, well, that, that's awesome stuff. Um, moving to bases. What? Because we haven't talked about those guys. Um, Ibanez obviously did really well, uh, as they do every year. They always have a, you know, they're very Japanese in the way of forward thinking and the way of not resting on the laurels and coming up with a better version of what they do every year. And, you know, you got to tip your cap. Um, if you're a Steve Vai fan, you know, they've come out with the new, uh, gem Pia models and they're already back ordered out the, out the window. And, and, you know, I'm surprised on the one hand because it's $3,500, but on the flip side, it makes sense. I mean, it's a popular guitar and the, and the features they put on that thing are ridiculous. Uh, just a really cool shredder axe. But the thing that really wowed me at the show was the new version of, uh, the headless version of bases that they're doing. It's the EHB series, which I think stands for electric headless bass. That's I could, a good guess. I could be wrong. Um, I have other ideas of what it stands for, but that's for a different podcast. Again, Craig, 
Be ready, man. He doesn't even know what those buttons do. He I just, know. God. He's mapped out. Oh, he ripped it. Okay. Oh, my God, that's um, pathetic. But again, you know, we, uh, over the years, you know, headless bases, we think Steinbergers, we think Status, we think, uh, you know, Kiesel and all these other brands. And some people either love it or they hate it. I played these and it felt like a real good, normal, you know, you didn't feel lost if you were on the first or second or third fret, whereas sometimes on a headless instrument, it's you're thinking that headstock needs to be there, something's different. These played great. They balanced well. They looked cool. Uh, everything, you know, that I would think a bass player would want. I'm a guitar player that can fake it. But, I mean, you know, judging by the orders, again, these are doing well already. And uh, it was just a genuinely different offering. And I think the cool thing that Ibanez does in the bass world is they go online and they have what they call the bass workshop, and they listen to what bass players are looking for. And I think they've incorporated a lot of cool things in something that's kind of modern and new looking without being ugly. Um, again, that's a matter of preference, but it's done well, and I'm hoping that they'll continue to do well. I thought they were really cool. So um, check those out. How about uh, we talk about Synergy a little bit. The concept or no, the I brand? Think, no, the, I, I can't handle the concept. But the brand, I think, is uh, pretty fair. Steve Vai's really been making a lot of noise about it. He's he's pretty stoked about it. And basically what it is is a um, – it's a thing that – it's a design of uh, – that's been around for a while and various uh, mutations that have done okay over the years. So this is a fresh approach to it. It's basically a central unit that has uh, – it's kind of like a rack size thing, and it has power in it power amp of some sort then has a compartments where you could slide in these half rack sized preamps. Hello, and Bruce Egnator. That's right. It's definitely, I mean, the, the owner of Synergy work has worked for years very closely with Bruce Egnator. So I'm sure there's a, there's a little bit of that technology spilling into it um, for sure. Yeah, but Bruce is involved in it. He is. So that makes sense. Cause he's a smart guy. And, and this thing is uh, it's pretty awesome. The, the preamps you can get, I mean, the list of uh, manufacturers you can get preamps uh, by are, they're all made by synergy, but they get licensed and they get the circuits directly from the manufacturers. Friedman, uh, they have a uh, Soldano. Um, they probably, I'm, I'm just thinking of those two or the two, oh, yeah. the first two yeah. that I'd get. I think uh, one of the big things from the old ones versus the new synergy modules are the old ones were either designed by Bruce or designed by Randall. Right. Um, where they're, emulating that circuit versus now they're actually Mike Saldano designed the Saldano right. ones. Um, Bogner designed the Bogner ones. Morgan designed the Morgan ones. There so you have it. Yeah, the real dudes actually involved, not just a model of. And the, the fact, I've been to the factory and the, the, the manufacturing is pristine on this stuff. It's made, and it's built in California, not in some faraway land with tariffs and things like that. Modular. It's, it's And it's modular. The uh, it's it's a it's a very impressive thing, and I think he's got currently he's got sixteen preamps. I think does that sound right, Greg? About yep, something like this. I mean, there's a and he's trying to license new new stuff every day. I think he's talking to um, amp designers and manufacturers probably daily, weekly, whatever. He's trying. He wants to have a module for any any kind of remotely popular amp. Yep, and you know it's it, it also excuses it when a, uh, one guy can say to another guy, "Hey, man, nice rack," and you go, "I know." Well, just, as you get older, that I start hearing that more and more anyway. Yeah, well, it's funny. A little uh, side note: I was in the boutique amplification booth. Uh, this was last year, and I'm in one of those enclosed rooms, and I'm I'm supposed to be checking out an amp, 
or something. And uh, I hear this guy shredding in the background. Typically, there's people sitting around trying out stuff, and he's shredding and he's wheedling. And I'm like, hey, can someone tell uh, Steve Vai to, to you know to turn down? And I turn around, and it was so <laughs> Steve Vai. Steve Vai is like, oh, uh, <laughs> sounds very good. That's pretty perfect. Yeah. So I guys just grabbed some picks and I got out of there. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It was good. I felt felt about five feet fall, uh, four there at that five one. Four. Five four. Yeah, he was good, though. He's good in person. He's he pr- sounded good. He's not faking it with and a record or nothing? He was ripping through a basement model and, like, no effects. I'm like, man, that sounds nah, good. he can play. The boy can play, no doubt yeah. about that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I felt like a dork. Now, we've talked about this. This is a kind of a cool new thing that you're seeing a lot more on on pedal boards and, and kind of talking, you were saying, about the, the pod go or, or something that'll save you uh, on a gig when your amp fails or something could go wrong. You're seeing a lot more power amps, a lot more uh, direct outs and cab sims and IR stuff on pedal boards. And, you know, there's a little brand. We've given it a shot and it's done well and it needs a shout out. It's called DSM Noisemaker. I believe they're out of Chile, south of the border. Picante. Way south. Yeah. I could be wrong. They might actually be out of Jersey. But the point is the stuff sounds amazing. And they have a, a particular one called the Simplifier. And as the name would kind of allow you to think is it it's small it's simple it allows you to, to kind of cut the fat out of your your signal so you've got a preamp you've got cab simula- simulation and it's what they refer to as a zero watt power amp mod uh, oh that. yeah right again how often do you hear something oh well that's different and usually it's different because no one wants it you know i come up with something different it's like yeah, of course you did but it's different because it doesn't you know, it doesn't need to be needed. In this case, I tried it out. It was easy to use. It sounded great. And they're selling. It's a really cool pedal. So if, you, if you're thinking you don't want to lug a lot of amps or you want to have something that's on your board that will literally save your butt on a gig when something goes down, this thing sounds killer. It's easy to use and it's great for recording. Um, and it won't take up much room on your pedal board because pedal board real estate is important, as we all know. Oh, yeah. I'm always trying to shove more pedals on there. So it's it's a very cool thing. The DSM Noisemaker Simplifier. It rolls right off the tongue. Uh, check it out on AMS, AmericanMusical.com. And I'll give one honorable mention because I know we're running out of time here, Greg. We have other guests coming in today. I saw Marissa Tomei in the uh, hallway. That's for next week. Ah, that was a dude. Anyway, the Waza Air from Boss. We know we've sold a bazillion of them already, and it was a huge hit at the show. I'm telling you, if you don't have, uh, or you do have the time, check them out. Just check out the demos. Check out the demos on AMS uh, on our YouTube page. I mean, those things are killer. They're a lot of fun. It would be one thing if the technology was cool and it was a headphone amp and it did all it's supposed to do. They sound great, and they look cool. Unlike, you know, Beats. Yo. So that's my honorable mention. I know it's going to do well regardless of uh, whether we mention it or not, but man, those things are killer. I got an honorable mention too. Rocket. Okay. So um, anyone that knows PRS guitars knows they're gorgeous. I almost put an expletive in front of that because that's how gorgeous they are. We can edit that out too. You can say the F word. I'm not, I'm not going to though. Fun. Fabulous. Fabulously gorgeous. <laughs> so so uh, they've got a, uh, uh, Special edition uh, uh, private stock uh, Dragon, which is PRS has had the Dragon name for years. And these are private stock guitars. I don't know. Greg, you know how many they built total? 100 something? 120? It, it was a s- small amount. Yep. And these guitars aren't cheap. Um, 
16,500 case That's extra. The, there you have it. Well, we had we had two. Um, we sold one. We have one left. And you, you got to go online and check this thing out. Look at the pictures of this thing. Yeah. thing. I, my favorite part is the fire coming through the nut into the truck. Yeah, I mean, had that, that yeah. hurts. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they are stunning. The only thing is I feel kind of bad because they're coming out with an SE version, I think, in August. Uh, they're like eight ninety nine. No. So the people who bought these are going to look no. so stupid. <laughs> no, that's Hello? not. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> uh, but I, I just wanted to mention that we have one left. And there's, you know, clearly there are people that are waiting for these. When they find out these things are going to be built, they're just waiting for them to go on sale and they snap up. I think I think most dealers that have these things across the country have already sold them all. Well, I was at uh, a local blues jam recently and someone brought, you know, their dragon down just to, to jam on a one, four, five. And I'll tell you what, he was awful, but the guitar was beautiful. Beautiful. Women were like mobbing this guy. You're trying to turn off my mic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's time for lunch. How do we put a bow on this whole thing? All right, Keith, there's your bow. This is the end of our, second podcast here at livefromamericanmusical.com. Check out all the gear we talked about at americanmusical.com, and we'll see you next time.